We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 40. Our guest today is super young, really driven, and she talks to us about how she balances being an adult amateur rider, as well as having one of the most successful equestrian photography businesses out there. Without further ado, please welcome our next guest, Gianna Terranova. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. You're in WEF the whole circuit, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So crazy, crazy times. Yeah, all 12 um, weeks. Oh my gosh. I'm, and I'm sure you were so busy with week six. Yes. Hunter week <laughs> was chaotic to say the least, yeah. as it usually is. Exactly. Um, yeah. I am just recovering from that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'd love to jump right in and hear a little bit about um, your life as an equine photographer, as well as um, you also are uh, riding. So tell me a little bit about all that. Yeah. So I have been in the business for about seven years. I would say the last four were full time. I was kind of part-time hobbying a little bit when I was in high school and throughout college. And it wasn't until I graduated college that I really stepped into the business full-time and decided that photography was the way I wanted to go. Horses-wise, like just starting off, I've always been involved with horses. I've always ridden horses when I was a kid. So taking photos of horses just seemed like the next step and kind of combining my passions a little bit. I've always been like really creative. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. I was, like, very unsure. I knew I wanted to do something with horses, and I wasn't sure if that was, you know, the best option because sometimes working in the industry as a trainer and a rider and as a groom can be really difficult, and getting started off can be really difficult. Right. Um, But I followed the track. I graduated from Savannah College of Art and Design, or SCAD, And I became a groom up in Maryland, and I did that for about a year, and it clearly was not the right fit for me. So I, um, it's really funny because while I was grooming, I was still doing photography somehow, Mm -hmm. even though, as everyone probably knows, grooming hours are very long. Um, So I would get off of work and drive to a photo shoot in Pennsylvania, or Mondays were my only day off, but I would be going around doing photo shoots. So I kind of just sat myself down and I was like, what do you actually want to do? And Mm -hmm. it was very clear that I wanted to do photography. Like that was my real passion. And it helped me in a way where it would actually fund my career in riding so I could be the amateur that I wanted to be, have my horses, but then still do a job that I love and still have a job that involves horses. So it ended up being like, it was kind of scary to make that leap to be like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to, um, cause I didn't have housing, housing provided was with my job. So I literally had nowhere to live and I just mm-hmm. kind of packed up everything and I drove down to Florida Um, It was like November when I quit. So that was like a very terrifying experience for sure. But it was the best choice I could have possibly made. And I basically just kind of traveled around and did photography from there. Okay, amazing. So you went down to Florida, just quit your job. How did you find work? 
So I have had the lucky opportunity of living in a bunch of different places. So I kind of have connections like on every single coast, north, south. Uh, I grew up in California, so I have connections on the West Coast. So because I went to school in Georgia, I had that sort of southern states that go to Florida. I had some connections there. And then when I moved up north, I built like a little bit of a client base there when I was grooming. So when I went to Florida, I kind of had like a little bit of a foot in the door with the crowd that normally goes back and forth from their home state to Wellington. And that mm-hmm. was really, really crucial because when I first offered it, like I at the time had only done maybe like a, a weekend trip in Wellington while I was in college. Like that was my extent of my Wellington experience. So right. when I decided to go down there for, I believe it was two months at the time, it was extremely nerve wracking and I had to find a place to live and all those things. That's not super easy to do in Wellington sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I just worked it out. Like I just kind of forced myself to try it because it's always hard to like make that leap. But once I had done it, um, once you start taking photos in Wellington, your client base will just grow from the word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So that was just my kind of goal. I was like, if I just get there and I start taking clients and I start offering photos, hopefully it will grow from there. And sure enough, the next year I came back for a whole season and now I'm here again the third year for the whole 12 weeks. And I'll probably be staying even longer than that as far as I know. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's so hard for um, people to make huge changes because they're worried about the outcome. Right. But a lot of times, like it, people, people aren't joking where you have to kind of risk it to get what you, where you want. Right. Uh, and that was kind of what I did. And that was, it, 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 it ended up paying off. Like if you put enough hard work into something, if you make the risk, um, normally it comes back around. Yep. Totally. I love that. Um, so after Wellington, where do, where do your travels usually take you? So typically I go back to California for the summer and I do a lot of traveling. So a lot of times I'll live in California and then I fly back and forth to uh, Illinois, Massachusetts, New York, and I'll do like one or two trips a month. This year I have decided I'm actually going to move to the north Probably like Pennsylvania is my thought for this first year mm-hmm. because I'd like to be closer. That's it's like obviously where my main client base is. So going to California and then flying back and forth like doesn't right. really make sense logistically. Sure. Like, and it was hard this year balancing, you know, I would fly out to uh, Chicago and I would do shoots and then I would fly home. And then the next day I'd get in my car and I would drive to a horse show to mm-hmm. show my horse. And it was like, I hadn't ridden in like two weeks and yeah. it was really hard to balance that. Like, I feel like my whole life was kind of balancing the logistics of like riding and working right. and traveling and all those things. So for me, I'm like, Oh, maybe I should just try uh, summer up north and see if that kind of alleviates some of my traveling issues and time blocks and all the things that I struggle with. Mm-hmm, totally. What would you say is your favorite part of your job? Oh, geez. Uh, it's so hard to pick one, but I think <laughs> if I had to pick like one main thing, it would probably just meeting all these people, like meeting so many equestrians that love their horses as much as I love my horses. Like it's so it's like the coolest job to have because you're basically connecting with people that have the same exact interests as you. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like if you're like photographing families or, uh, engagements, like you might not, you have anything in common with these people that you're taking photos of, but when you roll up to a barn 
to take photos of them and their horse, you already have like a camaraderie about it because you're already like kind of the same person, the same boat, Mm -hmm. no matter what your lifestyle is or where you are in life or your age or anything, you always have like that single connection where you're like, okay, we both love our horses and we both want pictures of our horses. And Mm -hmm. it makes the job so much more fun, especially since I've been able to travel so much, I get to really meet all different kinds of people in all different walks of life. Um, going to beautiful barns and meeting awesome people and their sto- their stunning horses. So I think just being able to make those connections with people all over the world or all over the U.S., hopefully all over the world at one point, um, mm-hmm. that's really, really cool to me. And I that's what I enjoy about the job the most. Totally. What is something that really challenges you? What's a, what's a struggle with your position? So it's probably a good problem to have, but I tend to overwork myself. Like my main struggle is like having too much on my plate because I'm notorious for being like that chicken with my head cut off, like running around, like unable to do everything at the same time, but I still try to do it. I feel like that. And that's definitely like a personality flaw of mine where I just, if someone says you want to do something and I have like 50 other things to do, I just can't say no. Like I'm like, yeah, of course I can, I can make it work. And that's like, it comes out very clearly in WEF because that is like crunch time when it comes to scheduling. Um, and it comes to showing my horse and getting editing done and just trying to balance all of that at once. I think that's my main thing because I, I, it's hard for me because if someone wants pictures, like I feel bad saying no. So I like want to offer them something. Right. So I think that if I had to pick a struggle, that would be that and just like, as I talked about, just time management in general. Because I feel yeah. like you have to kind of donate all of your time to your job. And then you right. also have to donate all your time to your horse because it's like a living mm-hmm. being and it's your responsibility. So it's it's like hard to balance those things. It, it helps. I have some amazing uh, teams at the barn behind me that really, really make it possible, which is really crucial to me mm-hmm. because I can't always make it out to the barn or some like this whole week at Hunter Week, I like didn't even ride. Like there was, right. I was at the show at 7 a.m. for the first like performance hack at 7.30 a.m. And then I was leaving the barn at 10 p.m. after the big Hunter class in the, in the, um, Grand Prix ring under the lights. I was like, I there's literally no time in the day to even ride. So I think I would love to get to a point where I could allow myself a little bit more free time and a little bit more time to ride my horse and enjoy horses and not feel like I'm rushing to the barn and then rushing out. But at the same time, photography funds horses. So I kind of have to uh, allow that to take the front place a lot of times in life. Got it. Yeah. Um, at what point did you start incorporating video into your services? I know that, um, you have to, you did video for my girls. I think it was left last year um, for my clients. And yeah, at what point did you start? Because I know, uh, myself, my husband and I used to be wedding photographers. Video is like a whole nother beast. Mm -hmm. So how did tell me a little bit about that? So funny enough, when I was a kid, I loved to like take videos of my lesson and like edit them. And I, my original life, like I wanted to be a film 
student. Like that was my whole thing. Like I wanted to make movies and all of that. So it's mm-hmm. kind of funny that I chose photography. So video has always been in the back of my mind as like an option. And yeah. I remember it was Hunter Week uh, last year. I had mostly jumper clients last year, I think. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take some video and just play around with it. And um, it was pouring rain. It was like the worst day ever, but the footage looked so cool because, you know, Hunter's jumping these huge fences and pouring rain. It ended up being like a really cool little video edit that I put together. And I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, post it on Instagram as kind of like advertising my photography work. But then a lot of people were like, oh, I really want like that video of me too. Totally. So that, then I kind of clicked in my head. I was like, oh, like this is something that I can legitimately offer Um, because everyone, a lot of people that are on the show circuit, they have a million photos, but Mm -hmm. to have like a, like a cool artsy video that's like in slow motion and showing off their horse and candids and stuff like that, that you can't get from showgrounds live and all of that. Like, I think people really, really like that. And so that's, like, I kind of, like you said, I offered it for your girls last year. And then this year I really like pushed it and made it like an actual package that people could choose. And Mm -hmm. it's been really, really cool to be able to incorporate that as, a different creative medium for clients to have to kind of show their memories and their experience at WEF. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so I know that from, you know, talking to other photographers in the past um, and the experience that I've had as a photographer, the like it, it's not just taking the time to take the photos. The editing and the post-processing mm-hmm. process is insane. So tell me a little bit about that and how you've managed to kind of streamline that process. Yeah, so I always joke that like when you're a, a photographer, about 10% is actually taking the photo. Mm-hmm. Like the actual session, the actual taking of that photo is about 10% of your time. And the 90% is everything else that goes into it right so i don't think people realize a lot of times when they want to do a photography job that they're just like oh i just have to get really really good at taking a picture yeah well that is just such a small portion that i think people when they get into it and they're like oh i don't have that many clients i don't really understand like what's going on and i think it's because marketing and good branding and good business work is kind of put on the back burner for a lot Mm -hmm. of people um, which is really, really a terrible idea. And that the reason why my business took so long, I feel like, in growing was because I was that person. So I always say, like, don't do as I did. Like, uh-huh. really, really focus on the important things because I feel like my business did not have a cohesive brand until, mm-hmm. like, the last three or four years. And I had been gotcha. doing photography for seven or six or whatever it was. So behind the scenes, um, not only taking the picture but editing the picture takes is a huge time consuming portion like I feel like the sessions are super fun and easy and quick and clients don't realize that I still have to go home and like edit those pictures and I can take hours days like I have to be really really careful if I get behind on some editing that I have to catch up because if it starts adding up then it's like a negative cycle Um, not only that but I probably get like 40 emails a day. So I have to have time in the day to answer emails, respond, um, 
managing social media has become like a beast in itself because right. you have to be on social media. Like it's not an option. I feel like anymore in this right. culture, like as a business, you have to be able to be active, have a social media presence. So then balancing, you know, okay, I got to post, make a post on Instagram. I got to post on my story. I got to answer DMS. I have to do all of that. So that mm-hmm. is a whole other thing. Like I wake up in the morning to all these notifications and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to do all of this now. Yeah. Um, and then just, and same with Facebook too, like Facebook isn't necessarily dead either. Being able to, fo- to have like a Facebook business page and you have to kind of post things on there as well. And those posts might be different than what you post on Instagram. So totally. now you're balancing two different things. Uh, and then just branding in general, I feel like takes up time. Even if maybe you have established a brand, you have to continue to follow that. So that might be... Um, in the way that you build like a newsletter list or the way you're always updating your website and doing all those behind the scene things too are really big. And then what people don't like to talk about is it's tax season. So Mm. you also should be doing your taxes if you're a legal business. So that like, I feel like people were like, Oh, like I don't really need to pay taxes. I'm just doing photography. No, like you really do. And it, that, when April comes around, it gets really, really difficult because you're also um, looking at your expenses, collecting receipts, all of that stuff. So the behind the scenes of photography, especially if you really want like a very successful business, I feel like is very, very time consuming for sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, there's a lot that goes into any business, but I, I feel mm-hmm. like photography always has the misconception that it's like, oh, well, you just have to be there and take photos. And yeah, I know that, um, I've heard, you know, other people or even, um, people at the show, um, be like, why is it taking so long for, you know, so-and-so to upload photos? And it's like, well, they probably just left the show a little yeah, bit ago. We just got and, home. Um, yeah. Literally haven't even taken their memory card out of their camera yet. Yeah. Um, so is, yeah, I I just always think that that's so funny. Um, yeah, that's so cool. So let's talk a little bit. I know we touched a little bit on your riding. You are riding in the jumpers, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. Tell me a little bit about your horses. Yeah. So I have one horse right now. His name is Pilot. Uh, he was kind of like an accidental purchase, if that's even a thing that you can (laughs) do. Um, it was, a very rushed purchase. I was about to uh, move to Wellington for the season and I was just riding this little dinky dressage horse that we pulled out of someone's backyard basically. Mm-hmm. And as you do, I got really attached and I was like, I really don't think I have time for a horse right now or the budget or anything, but I kind of just jumped the gun as I usually do with everything. And it ended up being the best possible choice I could have made. Like he's like bless his heart he makes my life so much better and being able to have you know okay after work I'm gonna go ride my horse is like such a nice thing to have um just being able to know that there's a horse there that loves you and all that stuff so we do the adult amateur jumpers like the meter 10 meter 15s this is only his second year jumping like he kind of had like a little bit of jumping instruction when he was like first broke but barely Mm -hmm. like he had mostly been doing dressage so he's pretty green and he's really funky and he's kind of like a weird horse in general which I think I tend to like like the really quirky ones so like he always has his tongue sticking out and he's just super dramatic and um just a really funny guy in general so he's but he's awesome like I love the ones with character 
hopefully I'm I'm aiming to hopefully get to the low uh, amateurs at some point. I don't know if that's a reachable goal for both of us, but that's like kind of where I, I'm hoping our riding careers together will eventually go. So cool. So, I mean, showing in Wellington, um, I mean, man, can be so expensive. How do you manage with, I mean, not only, I mean, we touched on time, but like financially, I mean, that just must be, I mean, just to be honest, like it must be like a good chunk of yes. the paycheck, right? No, yeah, absolutely. And I joke that I don't get anything nice for me. Like everything I yeah, do is like yeah. all my all my money and all my budget goes into horses. And yeah, because I just for example, sometimes I only get to show one or two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I show one day in the adult division, I have to pay a two hundred fifty dollar nomination fee just for that one class. Because a lot yeah. of times I can only show. Friday. I can't do Saturday and Sunday because my clients are, those are like the main days of showing. Mm -hmm. So my bill for one week was like 750 bucks for two Mm -hmm. classes. And I feel like I didn't even do anything. And I was like, what happens if I show like a whole week of all of the classes? Like that's, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. It's, it's like really difficult. And I feel like horse shows in general are getting really expensive. Like not, Mm -hmm. I mean, WEF is always going to be like a little bit more in the upper price echelon, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And we don't even have stalls at the show. So I don't even want to know what those bills look like if you're renting at the show. I mean, not, not to say that renting off property is cheap either, but I feel like almost it's like better to have a place off property. Um, and then you just ride over with your horse or trailer them over or whatever, mm-hmm. because yeah. just paying for those stalls is so expensive as well. So yeah. it's it's a big chunk, and I like try not to cry about it every time I go to the office <laughs> to pay. I'm like, oh, I just you know spent another huge chunk of money yeah. on riding my horse, and we didn't even get a ribbon or anything like that. <laughs> so I always try to like make that like that's my fun money or whatever I like to call it. Totally, that like that is what. I'm having a fun time. Like I'm not spending money and like wasting it. Like that's that, this is what I want to do. This is like my passion. I love horse showing. So I try not to think about it too much Mm -hmm. in those aspects, but it is, it's like hard to imagine if I didn't have the job that I had, I don't think it would be possible for me to show. Like, I don't think that would be even relatively like on a normal salary. I don't think there was any way I would be able to show. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like I, like I said earlier, I really, put all of my work and effort into photography because that's the only thing that's giving me access to the industry in -hmm. the way that it is right and that's huge to me yeah yeah that's amazing what would you feel like within kind of the equestrian photography realm um is an area that people either you feel like don't know a lot about or don't talk enough about that um you'd like to shed some light on i think the biggest thing is, I mean, we did talk about how much work goes behind it, right. but having a group of photographers that support you and also help you behind the scenes is also really big. Hmm. And I feel like it gets a little bit almost like territorial a little because there's mm-hmm. all these photographers and everyone's vying for the same thing. But I've always been really big about community over competition because uh-huh. I think having those connections is really, really crucial as well, just with other photographers as well. Um, and that goes with if you need some help with something or you need advice or you just need to text them and vent about something, like having right. those people that know exactly what you're talking about is really, really huge. And I've like made it a point of being 
super open with everything that I do. Um, I have a podcast myself where we just, where me and my friend Sarah, who's also a photographer, we just talk about like photography things like that. Awesome. Like what we do and like how we price ourselves, how our website works, how our contracts work. Like we're just really, really open with as much as possible because I feel like, um, it gets hard sometimes when it's like a competition and everyone's fighting for those clients. I think having that more camaraderie is huge. And I feel like because photography is becoming, I don't know if really sought after is the right word, but I feel like a lot of people want to get into the industry now. So there's a huge influx of people. And I always have to remind people, I was like, I was that girl with the little itty bitty camera, like Mm -hmm. wanting to be a photographer. Like that was me. Like I was a kid. I had no idea how to do anything. I couldn't even make my camera work. Mm -hmm. And I have to like remind people. I'm like, yeah, like they're a beginner. Like you have to be generous to them and accepting because they might not know the right things to do or they might not know how to approach um, clients or anything. So like if you're more welcoming, it becomes a better and then they respect you more as well. Right. Because I, I think a lot of times like the concept of like horse show photography is really, really difficult because Back then, when I was a kid, the only way to be a horse show photographer was, like, as the official. Like, there was right. the only way, and you had to cover the whole show, and that was always, like, a daunting thing. Or you could work as, like, a second shooter for, like, an official and stuff like that. But now, with this whole private client photography thing, it's become very interesting with like how the horse show photography world works and, like, the components of it all coming together. So... I always tell people, like, if you are nice to the people around you, you're nice to the officials, you try not to burn bridges, you're very polite, you have more access to different horse shows and different clients than if you um, are kind of standoffish and competitive and, and really competitive and feel like you have to take everything and uh, do have all the clients and all those things. So I just feel like just as an advice to anyone that's coming into the industry and to people that have been in it for a long time. Like if you, if everyone is just a little bit kinder to each other, Mm -hmm. um, it will make the equine photography world so much better as a whole. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Um, well, Gianna, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. Um, I really, a value and appreciate what you do. And I think even having a little bit of a taste of that, um, not necessarily with equestrian photography, but photography in general, I understand how much you work and how much (laughs) you have to do, um, week in and week out. So I appreciate that you, um, have been able to take the time to do this and, um, I, I wish you all the best and hope to see you in Wellington this winter. Perfect. Thanks so much. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.